But I was thinking about the end of the year. This will be the last Sunday that we'll have a chance to open up God's Word in 2021. And I said, Lord, what do you want to say to your people on, uh, on the 26th day of, of, of uh, December? I, I remembered a verse that came to my mind first. I want you to keep your finger here in Matthew 18, which is our text. Turn back to Matthew 1. And I want you to notice, uh, just so that I can say we did something around a Christmas theme. In Matthew chapter 1, in verse 21, there's a statement made that helps us know the heart of God before I announce my subject matter for this morning. Matthew 1, verse 21, regarding the birth of Jesus. The Bible says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Say the next part with me. For he shall save his people from their sins. Back to Matthew 18. Did you know when you really boiled down why Jesus came, it was to, one of the passages says, take away the sins of the world, to save His people from their sins. And more references are uh, all the way through the Bible on the work of Jesus and why He came. But I think you could sum it up in one word, and here's the word I'm preaching this subject today. Forgiveness. He came to save His people from their sin. He came to forgive you. You know why you're sitting here this morning? If you're saved, redeemed, with your name written down in heaven, on your way to glory, you know why you're there? Because Jesus came as a baby, lived a perfect, sinful, a sinless life, went to the cross to pay for your sins and my sins, and you came to Him in faith. And He came to save us from our sins, to provide forgiveness. And because He did, we're told in the model prayer when we pray that we are to... Uh, to pray, uh, forgive us our debts, our trespasses, our sins, as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And I, I was thinking, you know, I'd, I'd hate to enter in to the new year knowing that I was holding on to something. And I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning or who will view the live feed, and I don't know about your whole past. I know a, a lot about a lot of you, but I don't know the whole story. I know this, some of you have been hurt very desperately. I know that there are some of you that would have liked to have spent some time with your family this Christmas, but there's division in your home and family, and there's hard feelings. There's a disconnect. I know there are some uh, folks in our fellowship that have gone long periods of time without speaking to someone in their life. <clears throat> I, I believe there are those of you that were hurt uh, through your work, your vocation. Uh, you heard news this year that were hard. You've been betrayed, or you've gone through something uh, in your life. I just remembered what Jesus said hanging on the cross. A little truth about forgiveness that we really need to hear. And it's this. He said to His Father about the men that were nailing His hands to the cross. Father, forgive them. Say the next part with me. For they... Now, did you know what He was saying, Pastor, I really believe, is a lot of the people who hurt you don't even know the extent of the pain that they're causing. You know, I don't believe my father, uh, who uh, loved alcohol and our family was turned upside down, I don't believe he got up in the morning thinking, let me think of what I can do to just crush my children or, or make a real impact negatively on their lives. I don't think that was the case at all. I don't think he had any idea the extent of the pain that he caused. And I believe that's true of a lot of people who have hurt you. 
I think a lot of us carry around harm and hurt and baggage from a long time ago, and some of us don't even realize we did. I, I'm reading a book called The Ten Commandments of Ultimate Health right now from a, a guy that, um, that is a believer, and he talks about the first one is prayer. and talks about how traumatic things that happen in your life affects your, not only your, phys, your psychological health, but your physical health as well. And so I want us to stop this morning, and we're going to have a prayer. Here's what I want to ask you to join me in this prayer. I want you to say, God, whether you're the youngest person in the room or the oldest, will you show me if there's any unresolved hurt in my life? God, will you show me if there's someone or something I haven't forgiven? Lord, would you show me if I haven't forgiven myself? And God, would you show me, listen to this one, if I've held something and I haven't forgiven you. That's a misunderstanding I know theologically. He has done nothing wrong to be forgiven of, but sometimes we get confused. And we are angry at him or hurt at him over something that was within our best interests. Can we be honest about that? And can we on this last Sunday of the, of the old year, as we begin the new year, can we resolve all of that so we can step into a new year ready to see God do miracles in our lives. By the way, speaking of miracles, we're less than $7,000. Is it all right for me to tell this, Pastor? Too late, I'm already started on it. He said yes. We're less than $7,000 away from being at the $300,000 number for our chest of Joash. And we'll care. Let me tell you something. God has done that. He, all that saying is, we're we're going to blaze some major trails for the gospel this year. We're going all over the world. We're going to start churches. We're going to begin ministries. We're, I'm asking God, Pastor Cameron has something on his heart, and I'm not going to say of someone that could come and serve with us and take us to another level on our team. I believe God's going to bring that person this year by faith. And I think he's spoken that through the gift that he's given. But in order to experience all of that, we've got to deal with our sin and then we've got to deal with our unforgiveness. Let's pray together. While our heads are bowed, would you ask God what I've asked you to as I ask Him for me? Father, this morning, would you open my heart? Would you break up that fallow ground? Would you show me if there's anything in my life, unforgiveness, Lord, toward an individual? Lord, if there's somebody that I need to ask to forgive me, Lord, if I'm holding anything for you, I haven't forgiven you or I haven't forgiven myself, God, would you turn the searchlight of heaven on my heart this morning and would you show your servant my real heart and mind this morning as I come to you in Jesus' name, amen. I believe I heard Johnny Hunt say that unforgiveness is like drinking the poison and waiting for the other person to die. Won't you listen to that one more time? Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for someone else to die. Unforgiveness uh, is a terrible thing. Someone else said to forgive is to set the prisoner free, only to realize that you're the prisoner. To forgive is to set the prisoner free, only to realize that you are the prisoner. 
I heard somebody else say, and I thought it was really good, I must see myself forgiven in order to be able to forgive. If I don't realize how much I've been forgiven by God, this illustration this morning that Jesus gives us in this story is so overwhelming, I, I, it helped me evaluate all over again what a mess I have been in my life. Thank the Lord He saved me when I was young, but I'm still a sinner, and I still struggle. And because of that, He has not only given me ultimate forgiveness in His Son Jesus, so I'm forgiven. How dare I withhold forgiveness for someone else? You say, Pastor, you have no idea. Please dismiss that thought from your mind right now because I probably have heard of a situation similar to yours or worse. I have served the church for a long time. I've traveled in other places and heard some stories that were some of the worst terrible events ever. And yet this truth of forgiveness is still in God's Word. Someone in your life, something they said or done, hurt that you've experienced, words spoken, failures in leadership. Look, can I stop for a minute and say, first of all, I want to thank you for forgiving me. All the times as a, as a human being, you know, someone said the greatest man of God you'll ever know is still a man. I've made my share of blunders. <laughs> Glad nobody said amen. A lot of you have been here a long time, have experienced them or seen them. I've apologized to some of you, and I will again. And if in this message something surfaces that I need to make right, if you'll come and see me afterwards, I'll make it right today. I thank you for forgiving me. And I choose, no matter what you've done, to forgive you. Now, for the record, when it comes to church discipline, it's never that we don't forgive a brother or a sister before we deal with them in church discipline or set them out. It's we're helping... Listen very carefully to this. A lot of people don't understand this. They think when you have to exercise church discipline, you're not forgiving them for their sin. Oh, no, no, nothing about that. To deal with church discipline means we, we want to see them be able to be forgiven by God. We want to help them understand what forgiveness feels like from the throne of God. And until they ever come to God and say, and if we act like everything's all right and sweep it under the rug, we're not helping. What... We're, what what I would say to you and I is this may be one of the, I heard somebody say this, one of the most vital subjects before God can move in a church in supernatural ways, we've got to deal with the unforgiveness. Stop making excuses. Some of you are doing that right now in your mind. Well, my situation is different. No, it's not. It's a blanket command that you're to forgive. But you don't know what I, stop. God's Word says, Forgive. Let's look at the text this morning in Matthew chapter 18. We're going to begin reading in verse 21. Matthew 18, 21. Then came Peter to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, how oft shall I forgive my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. How oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven. And he tells a story. Look at this story. 
liken, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which ought or owed him 10,000 talents. Now that's massive. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord, the guy he owed the money to, commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. This was a massive debt. And it's a comparison we'll see in the scripture to the debt you owed and the debt I owed of my sin when Jesus came to help us. Verse 26, The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant, who's so compassionate, look at this, was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. He just took away the debt. 10,000 talents. But the same servant, he walks out that day, went out, found one of his fellow servants, which ought him. This guy owed him just a little bit of pocket change, a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and said the same words. He said to the man he owed all the money, Have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he, he would not. The man that had owed so much and had his debt removed, he wouldn't give him any grace, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, and by the way, people are watching. Fellow servants always see. They see whether you're forgiving or whether you're not. When they saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told their Lord, the one that forgave him the big debt, all that was done. Then his Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all thy debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, angry, and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Now look at this next verse. This is the one that shakes up a lot of people. And we're going to unpack it this morning. So likewise shall my heavenly Father, Jesus is speaking, do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Number one, I want you to see first of all the simple question for Jesus. In chapter 18 in verse 21, there's a question that Peter asks. And he's asking it, but everybody needs to know the answer to this. All the disciples need to know, those that were standing around need to know. He says, Lord, how oft... Shall I forgive my brother's sin against me? And he was asking him because as a rabbi, which is what they call Jesus, a teacher, they, were, they I understand, were to forgive three times. Three. As a rabbi. But Jesus, he said, we'll, we'll go a step further. Jesus, should we forgive them seven times? My brother sins against me. Should I forgive him seven times? And then Jesus shocks the daylights out of Peter. And knowing Peter... Uh, because I have similar giftings of Peter and similar problems uh, as Peter. Peter said too much, foot in his mouth most of the time. He probably had lots of things for people to forgive him about. The Lord said 70 times 7. Later in the text, I think it says in a day somewhere else. But here, 490 times. That had to, took, he, it kind of took him back, I'm sure. And here's what, you say, Pastor, what was he saying? Well, number one, have you ever forgiven anybody? Uh, most of us have a hard time forgiving people more than once or twice. 
Have you ever forgiven anybody seven times? Same offense. How about 70 times seven? Well, I'll tell you what, the only people I can think of would be people we're married to. No in particular one in the room. But I mean, there, there are some issues sometimes we come back to uh, uh, in, our, in our families. But think about that. Uh, 70 times 7. Here's what Jesus was saying. I want you to listen to this carefully. It's worth writing down. Get in the habit of forgiving. Can we say that together? Get in the habit of forgiving. Never stop forgiving. Make this a part of your life. Get comfortable with it. You're not so special that you can't... uh, You're not responsible to hold a judicial robe over everybody and you be the one that uh, demands. No, go ahead and choose to do it. It's not just for them, it's for you too. It's most importantly for God because His commandment is to forgive. Get in the habit of forgiving. Sometimes we don't even try. He said, I want you to forgive and I want you to do it abundantly. That was a simple question. Jesus gave a simple answer. Then He gives, number two, the story of Jesus on forgiving. Number one, the simple question for Jesus on forgiveness. Number two, He gives us a story of Jesus on forgiving. And if you remember this story, I'm going to paraphrase it now as I walk through it real quick. Here's what happens. This guy, how in the world he acquired all of that money from this uh, wealthy man in the parable, I don't know. But he ends up owing 10,000 talents. I did a little research on this, and I found out that if those talents typically were of gold or silver, it would have been somewhere close to $3 billion, $150 million in today's money. I mean, we're talking about a debt that is so astronomical, uh, even the person with the most money in this room, Albert Dean, wouldn't even be able to imagine throw wrapping his mind around that. <laughs> but do you understand, you understand what I'm talking about? The Lord in this parable gives us some overwhelming amount. And here's why He did it. Because my sin... Compared as vile and wicked as my sin was compared to the glory and the righteousness of God Almighty would have been a great chasm just as great from one to the other as this 10,000 talents would have been. And when He forgave you and when He forgave me, He forgave us so much. How dare us not be willing to forgive? There's something in this text I've never seen before, frankly. I'll show you in a minute, and I'm challenged with our new leadership to go deeper. And I'm seeing things that God is helping me see. I want you to see this massive amount. Now, a hundred pence would have been like a hundred denarii, which would have been typically a, a, a working man's, a simple, poor, working man's salary. One day's wage, one pence. So a hundred days' wages. It, it was a nice little piece, but nothing major. Someone could have carried that around in their pocket. I was listening to someone on this subject and, and he said that, imagine 8,600 soldiers, 8,600, each with a backpack on their back, 60-pound backpack, three feet between them for five miles long carrying that valuable gold or silver. That gives you a little bit of an idea of the debt, that long line kind of like the long line of everybody running to be tested, see if they got the COVID. Oh, brother. Watch this. Here's this massive amount compared to pocket change. Do you see what Jesus is trying to say? Look at this great debt 
the master says, that I've forgiven you. And you wouldn't even forgive this man. You had him thrown in prison, his wife and children. What were you thinking? It's a story to help us understand uh, the greatness of what we've been forgiven and how we're commanded to forgive. And then thirdly, I want you to see not only the, the simple question for Jesus on forgiveness and the story of Jesus in forgiveness, but I want you to see thirdly the statement from Jesus regarding forgiveness. This one is going to take us really focusing. Because when you read this statement, it sounds like works. Look at the verse, <clears throat> chapter 21, verse uh, 35. <clears throat> well, 34 and 35. The statement from Jesus regarding forgiveness. Verse 34, And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors. I'm talking about the guy that wouldn't forgive till he should pay all that was due unto him, which meant, <clears throat> guess how long that was? How about forever? He'd have never been able to, how, you don't pay back 10,000 talents. <clears throat> that would have been his lifetime, many lifetimes. So likewise, he said, and this is one that shakes us up. I want you to look at this closely. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do unto you, if ye from your hearts, look at the word heart, I underline that in my Bible, Forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. If you don't forgive everyone your brother their trespasses, your father is not going to forgive you. Boy, that sounds like... In other words, I've heard people say this in this town. I hope when I die, right before I die, I'm going to make everything right. Because I can't imagine if I die and I don't have forgive, I haven't forgiven someone, or I say a bad word, or I'm drinking a beer, I'm going to hell. No, you're not going to hell in that last second because of any of those things I just mentioned. But I want you to look at that word hard again. If you from your hearts, let me tell you some misunderstandings of this text first of all and then we're going to jump this shakes people up now don't be shaken about it let me give you some misunderstandings about it you know what the liberals say the liberals in, in their contemporary theology say that Jesus really didn't mean this no no he didn't mean that can I go ahead and tell you get ready here's a good place for an amen everything Jesus said he meant he meant what he said he meant when he said it he meant to who he said it it may be you don't understand it, but it ain't that Jesus didn't mean what He said. They said, no, He's just emphasizing that forgiveness is important. Number two, there's another misunderstanding. Someone said this is just for the Jews under the law. Well, number one, let me remind you that we're in the New Testament here. In the New Covenant, Jesus is speaking. So it wasn't just for the Jews, it's for all of us. So the first misunderstanding is that he didn't mean it. <clears throat> Number two, it was for the Jews. The last one is, because it's so harsh, we're not only going to reject this, we're going to reject the whole New Testament. We're going to disregard all of what he said. In fact, the only thing we need to do is, this is liberal theology too, just do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's in the Bible. 
just do unto others. I love to ask people, well, when they tell me that, well, where is it in the Bible? I like, don't you love to watch them scramble? They don't know. They have no idea. But let me unpack this, and I want to show you something the Lord showed me, really. God gave me this message months ago for this morning. We're talking about forgiving family. Pastor, they took what my mama had worked. No, listen. Forgiving her friend. I thought we were close, and they said this. They've done that. A former person in your life. You don't know the abuse I experienced. I'm just talking about what God said. The betrayal, the wrong, the hurt. Let me go a little deeper in this before I unpack that last verse. I'm running a little ahead of time. Did you know sometimes a wife may never say to her husband, you know, I'm sorry, I I haven't respected you as I should. I haven't honored you as the Bible says I'm to. I haven't followed you. I haven't encouraged you. I haven't pursued you. I haven't given myself to you. Now, I could stop right there like Kirk Cameron did when he came here. Do y'all remember that? He just gave it to the men like crazy. I just gave it to the women, but I'm not going to do it. Let me give it back on the other side. Did you know some men might never say to their wives, God help us too today. I haven't shepherded you the way I should. I haven't protected you as I should. I haven't spent time with you and taken you on dates. I haven't worked at my appearance. I haven't pursued you as I should. I haven't challenged you in your walk with Jesus. Maybe secretly you desire all those things from each other and this is not happening. And so without realizing, you may not say it, but there's unforgiveness in your heart. You know, students, there's a little room for you too. Your students may never say to you, parents, I'm sorry for the way I've spoken to you. Forgive me for that. I'm sorry for the way I've disrespected you or rolled my eyes. I haven't honored you. I haven't wanted you around. For single adults, maybe some of us need to say to them, we're sorry that we've marginalized you. Almost as if you're not a complete person because you're not with someone. I I don't know all of what the Lord's saying to you, but I know one thing. If you're honest this morning, you really meant it when you ask God to show you any unforgiveness you have. So many times we cover it so deep and we bury it so deep, we've forgotten. But I'm going to tell you, we can't be right with God until we are completely and absolutely doing what Jesus said in this text. I'm going to read the verse one more time and then I'm going to unpack it and we're going to be amazed in the presence of the Lord as His Word speaks to us this morning. Listen to verse 34 and 35 again. And His Lord was wroth and delivered Him to the tormentors till He should pay all that was done unto Him. Excuse me, all that was due unto Him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also to you if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Listen to this quote by Mr. James Montgomery Boyce. He's what he said. There is an unbreakable connection between God's forgiveness of us and our forgiveness of others. At the very least, listen to that. There's an unbreakable connection between God's forgiveness of us and our forgiveness of others. You say, preacher, I cannot forgive them. I will not forgive them. I refuse to do so. 
I read of a missionary wife last night who someone did on the field of China much harm to her and her husband. Her husband being a, a godly man and, and being able to manage this better was able to forgive the man. They had to see him all the time, but she couldn't. It grew like a sore and she got angrier and more bitter toward him. She noticed power was not in her life as it had been in their ministry. Every time she saw him, she was reminded of it. Someone spoke to her about it. She said, I will never forgive him for what he did to our family. And the Spirit of God seemed to whisper in her heart, then you'll never have power with me. You're not right with God. By the way, here's how she knew she was saved. She was being convicted over those things. If you can sin and get by and not feel conviction, that's a good reason to question whether or not you really are saved. Well, the story's told after much urging of the Holy Spirit, someone loved her and said, you need to do this. Broken, she came. and She wrote a letter of forgiveness, not only forgiving him, but asking him to forgive her. And guess what happened? The power comes back. The glory comes back. The blessing comes back. You see, there's an unbreakable connection between God's forgiveness of us and our forgiveness of others. Now, here it is. This statement that's so overwhelming gets our attention. That was Jesus' intention, to get your intention about forgiveness. It's a big deal. You don't have a choice in it. It's not an option. It's a commandment. He said, forgive us our debts, our trespasses, our sins, as we forgive those. She just assumes you're going to do it. Now listen, this this is powerful. The new nature we have in Jesus Christ is God's forgiving nature. The new nature we have in Jesus Christ is God's forgiving nature. If we do not forgive, we're not forgiven. We're not justified. We're not God's children. In other words, why are you going to be taken to the tormentors? Why are you not going to be forgiven your father? I'll tell you why. Because you're lost. If you cannot forgive and you will not forgive God's nature that you receive from Jesus in salvation, the new nature we have in Jesus is God's forgiving nature. And if you cannot forgive, you don't have the new nature. Now, does that make sense? In the text, it makes a lot of sense. Now, I ain't mad at you. I'm just telling you. If you say, I'm saved, you may be like that guy that's going to stand before the Lord in the book of Matthew that says, Lord, Lord, have we not done all these wonderful things only to hear the Lord say, depart from me, you that work iniquity, I never knew you. This is a line in the sand to show us whether or not we truly are saved. Now I'm going to tell you, I've been hurt by numbers of people. I've been offended by others. I've been ticked off by others. I have done all three of those to other people myself. Here's what I know. I can't hate anybody I can't hold unforgiveness. I've tried to. It's impossible to me because the new nature of Jesus Christ lives in me, not because I'm a preacher, not for any other reason other than I've been saved by the grace of God. And God lives in me in the person of Jesus. And Jesus not only forgives so much that He would say this, He went to the cross to pay for your forgiveness and my forgiveness. So understand this. 
I'm going to read that whole thing one more time. The new nature we have in Jesus is God's forgiving nature. Therefore, if we do not forgive others, according to Jesus here in this text, we are not forgiven, we are not justified, we are not God's children. So let me give it to you finally. There is there's judgment coming for those who do not forgive. On both sides, lost and the saved. There is judgment coming for those who do not forgive. Hey, it's the last Sunday of the old year. The last Sunday of 21. Don't just go this year, go on back further than that. The Lord reminded me of something the other day. I better not tell it too close to home. Some of y'all figure it out. I was in the airport the other day. I was going to preach somewhere, and I probably was going to preach on forgiveness. I thought I'd forgiven everybody I knew how to forgive. And a man walked by. I can't say much about him. Too close to home. He don't live in our town. He lives close by and he walked by. And I remembered that man led in an area that influenced someone in my family that caused confusion and hurt and pain and division in our family. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there at C3 waiting to get on that airplane and all that rose up in me again, and I could have jerked a knot in him. And the Holy Ghost said, what you going to preach on when you get to that church? Okay, Lord, you have to forgive him. See, I thought I had forgiven. Anybody in this room have to forgive somebody more than one time? It comes rising back on you every now and then. Anybody had to forgive yourself more than one time? You know how the devil will dangle those skeletons in your closet? Somebody said when he reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. He's going to burn forever in a pit. But in that moment, I had a choice. Lord, what will I do? I'm going to tell you what the Lord helped me. I said, God, I don't like him. I don't have to like him. I don't want to sit down and eat with him. But I choose, based on how you forgave me of my 10,000 talents sin, I choose to forgive him. You know what? That guy has no idea what he did. It reminded me of what Jesus said again. They know not what they do. I wonder how many people I've hurt and I didn't know it. Let me close. There's judgment coming for those that don't forgive. Number two, there's forgiveness in God through Jesus Christ. No matter what you've done, hey, how many are glad? Get ready for this one. How many are glad that God sent Jesus to that cross to pay for every sin you would ever commit, past, present, and future? If you're glad of that, will you say amen one time? And look at this one. Finally, there's one sure proof that you're saved. According to this text, you forgive once you're proof boy that's a sweet thing isn't it I know I'm saved because the Lord has put within me that nature that new nature in Jesus that forgiving nature of God doesn't mean it's easy doesn't mean I like it but I have that new nature in me let me close remember what I said unforgiveness is like drinking the poison waiting for somebody else to die you ain't hurting them Remember I said that to forgive is to set the prisoner free only to discover that the prisoner is you? I like this statement. 
Forgiveness reflects the character of God. When I forgive, I'm being like my father. And I must see myself forgiven in order to forgive. Now, I may not have this story 100% right, but isn't it true, theologians on the staff, that when Jesus died on the cross, he said, Tetelestai. Was that the it is finished statement? Tetelestai. It is finished. I heard this. I couldn't find a resource to it, but it made a lot of sense. Historically, they say in Bible days on the cell where a prisoner was in prison, there would be the offense, the crime he was guilty of. And people would go by. They would know his crime because they would see it on the door, on the wall right beside the door, his crime. But that day came when he would be released. And when he was released, they'd take down that sign. And they'd put another one up. You know what it'd say? Tetelestai. Debt paid. It is finished. It's time for us to forgive the way Jesus forgave. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. And I'm going to give a simple invitation. I know you can do it right where you are, but I think it'd do us real good this morning to walk down this aisle and find a place across these front benches and in these altars to say, Lord, you brought her to my mind today. You brought him to my mind. You brought this member of my family, and I've been holding on. I haven't been able to love them the way I should because I didn't even realize it, but you showed me, Holy Spirit, this morning that there's unforgiveness. It's the person I work with. It's that boy at school or that girl who hurt me, that boy that took advantage of my daughter, that person I used to be married to, or my children that I need to love me. They seem to have everything else to do but have time for us. Holy Spirit, it's your invitation. We're your people. This is your church. Prepare us for the new year. God, our, our leader is presented this vision and God we don't want anything holding it back we believe you're going to pour your spirit out in revival next year and as a community of faith we're going to commune with you and each other and our whole city and and plant churches all over the world but Lord help us get right with you so you can pour it out in Jesus